Hello. Welcome to Transform Your Life. I'm Deborah Demander, and today we are talking about the Barbie movie. No, I'm not wearing pink. I didn't do my hair up. I didn't get blonde. But I did watch the Barbie movie. I watched it twice. And the Barbie movie made me cry. Even the second time, I knew what to expect. I knew, uh, I knew the message going in the second time, and it still made me cry. So today, we're going to talk about what lessons we can learn to transform our own lives that I learned in the Barbie movie. The first time I watched the movie was last week. I went with one of my daughters, my youngest daughter, and I didn't know what to expect. I, uh, I thought it was a movie for kids. And then I started to read some online reviews, and I thought... Maybe this is not a movie just for kids. Maybe this is a movie for people. Not that kids aren't people, but you know what I mean. I invited my daughter to go with me. I was not sure she would uh, take the bait because, you know, it's a kid movie, Mom. I don't want to watch that. And I was pleasantly surprised. We went on, uh, I don't know, maybe a Thursday afternoon. And the, the theater was quite full. We bought our tickets as we walked in the door and... All the good seats were already taken, so we sat real close to the screen, which isn't my favorite, but I was surprised by how good that movie was, and I was surprised probably about halfway through, I realized it wasn't a movie about Barbie, it was a movie about us, and, uh, sorry, I'll probably get all weepy and I apologize. Um, so about halfway through that movie, the first time I watched it, I pulled out my phone and I got opened my notes app and I started taking notes because it was so good. I wanted to share it with you. I wanted to tell you what I learned from Barbie. And uh, one of my good friends, she hadn't seen it yet and I invited her. I invited a couple of friends, but only one could make it today. So... My friend and I, we had wonderful lunch together, and then we went to watch the Barbie movie. And I knew what to expect, and I didn't, I wasn't sure if I would like it as much as I liked it the first time, or if it would resonate quite the same way, and I'm here to say that it did, and I would see it again, because it was, uh, it was that good. It was really that good. The crux of the movie and of today's podcast is about Barbie or ourselves, men and women. This isn't just for my women listeners. This is for men, too. And I, as I watched that movie, I was hoping that um, there would be a way to convey the message without coming off as being anti-man or um, too much. <laughs> I'm always worried about being too much. So the, the point of the Barbie movie, in my opinion, isn't about men versus women. It's not about whether the director picked enough Barbies of color to be in the movie or crippled Barbies, I'm sorry, Barbies, differently abled Barbies, or if enough groups were represented. That's not the point of this movie. The point of this movie is that 
We want to learn how to understand ourselves. I need, oh, there goes my notes. I need to learn how to understand me and you need to learn how to understand you. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't try to understand you and where you're coming from and who you are. But until I understand myself, until I discover my true purpose, I can't fully appreciate or, or even applaud your purpose and who you are. So the movie was also about the power of females working together, of women being confident and collaborating with each other, helping each other be better. And I think that's a huge, for me, that was a huge theme in the movie. But really the overarching thing for all of us is to figure out who we are and what we want and how we want to show up in the world, how we want to be known, how we want to be seen. The movie started out, um, Barbie was malfunctioning. Her feet, if you've ever seen a Barbie, they have those pointy little feet. And the Barbie shoes are made to fit that, uh, pointy little Barbie shoes. And in the movie, Barbie's feet start to go flat. And it really represents um, an opportunity to see things differently. It's funny, in the tarot deck, I, I always pull a card. Um, every month, I pull a card at the new moon out of my tarot deck. And this month, my card was the hanged man. I'm going to grab it off my altar. So the hanged man in tarot, this is, a, this is an interesting um, version of the hanged man. Um, I think it's the hanged one in this one, but it's, a, it's an acrobat, the hanged one. And the hanged, the hanged man or the hanged one in Tarot is all about having a new perspective. It's about realizing that ultimately you don't have control over your life, that you have to take your hands off the wheel and allow for something bigger than yourself to run the show. And that is my card for the month, the hanged one, getting a new perspective on my life having a new perspective on who I am and how I want to show up and who I want to be. And that is funny to me that I, um, then I saw the Barbie movie and it was all about Barbie having this existential crisis, this not knowing who she is or how she wants to show up. And she said in the movie, um, Barbie said if she was, so her feet started to get flat, they started to be more like normal feet. And she got dressed to go over to Weird Barbie's house. And <laughs> I'll say more about Weird Barbie because that's who I really identify with. So as Barbie was walking over there in her high-heeled shoes, she said, oh, if my feet were shaped like this all the time, I would never wear these shoes. And that is a fact. <laughs> and that only comes from having a new perspective. She didn't know when her feet were pointy that our flat feet don't fit in pointy shoes. And how would men know that? How would people know that who design shoes unless they walked a mile? <laughs> Those high heels are uncomfortable. So, um, so in the movie, Barbie started to look at things differently. So she went to Weird Barbie to, to see how to, to fix the, there was a rip in the, not the space-time continuum, but the Barbie land versus the real world. Um, continuum. There was a, there's a membrane separating them. And so Barbie, as she started having these thoughts of, of death and of 
feeling, she was feeling sad and mushy and complicated. So she went to Weird Barbie and Weird Barbie is a Barbie who, and I think probably every girl had one. I know I had probably a couple of Weird Barbies and I felt like Weird Barbie all my life. Just don't quite fit in. Just uh, look a little different, act a little weird. I'm still a Weird Barbie in case you're wondering in any friend group that I belong to. I'm the Weird Barbie studying astrology and <laughs> asking the big ex existential questions. So, uh, so in the movie, Barbie decides to go to the real world and <laughs> I'm just going through my notes. I'm going to kind of read through my notes and, um, I wasn't crying yet in the movie. I liked weird Barbie. I, I really identify with that. She had marker scribbles on her forehead. Her hair was all discombobulated. And I did brush my hair before the pod because I didn't want to show up completely disheveled. Uh, There was a point in the movie um, uh, when Barbie said, the real, the, the real world isn't what I thought it was. And the mom in the movie, um, the mom of the teenager, she said, it never is, is it? And it really never is. Um, part of that is, you know, when I was a kid, I always thought, when I grow up, I can do whatever I want. I can eat what I want. I can stay up all night if I want. I can watch what I want on TV. I can do whatever I want. I imagined what the adult world, what the real world would be like. And it was in my 20s at some point when I realized, oh, I'm an adult, that I don't eat whatever I want because if I did, I'd be eating junk all day. And I don't stay up all night if I want because I have to work in the morning. And I can't buy whatever I want with my money because I have rent to pay and a car payment. And actually, I was in college when I was younger, so I had tuition to take care of. I had to study. I had to go to school. I didn't have time to stay up all night or go out and party. And it's funny because, and then I thought, when I have kids, I'm going to do it differently than the way my parents did. And you know what? I didn't. I did it just pretty much the same way they did. It it never, it's never quite the way you think it's going to be. Being a parent wasn't quite the way I thought it would be. Being a wife, all the, all the phases of life, they're never quite what you think they're going to be. And that was a realization that Barbie had in the movie. And when she said it, I thought, I've had a lot of times in my life, well, when I graduate from college and everything's going to be different, it wasn't. When I leave this abusive relationship, then everything's going to be, I'm going to be a whole new person. I wasn't. I don't think until you, it's not until you start to question who you are and what you want in your life that you can really start to be a new person. When I was religious, I thought, oh, if I get baptized again, if I get baptized in this church, then I'll do everything right or everything will be different. Mm, different church, same basic message. Different political affiliation, same basic message. Different state, same basic bullshit. It's never quite what we think it's going to be. And the reason, I think, is because wherever we go, there we are. 
And you might think, oh, if I get out of this relationship, if I get out of this job, if I get out of this situation, then everything will be better. When the truth is, you are still going to be the common denominator. And until you decide that you want to transform your life, changing the external circumstances aren't going to make your life any better. So <clears throat> there was a couple of um, references to moms in the movie that did make me cry. And the first one was um, the mom in the movie saying, I'm just a boring mom with a boring job and a daughter who hates me. And I'd have to say that um, that was true. I, I always felt like that. I, am, I had five daughters who hated me, though, at different times in their lives. And that was early in the movie when the mom said that. And then a different mom at the end of the movie said something else equally impactful but completely different and this i truly believe for all of my children that as moms we stop we stand still and we allow our daughters our children to continue moving forward so they can look back and they can see how far they've come and as a mom what i what i really want to do is lift my kids up i i, I picture in my head my kids standing on my shoulders and me lifting them even higher, even bigger, to be even more than I could ever be. One of my daughters told me a couple years ago that she was going to go to medical school. Um, if you've been listening to the pod, you might know that that was my goal as a college student. As, from the time I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. And when I was going to the University of Colorado, <clears throat> excuse me, I had already had four kids, four little ones, and... As it got time, as I got tired of being in school, I decided it was time for me to graduate. And I decided that medical school was not going to be an option for me. I had four children. I was um, working a lot with my, um, my kid's dad and I were um, working together, doing landscaping. I was going to college full time and I just couldn't picture going to medical school couldn't picture putting my kids through that and putting myself through that. And I made the decision. <laughs> I remember one semester I was ready to quit and I thought I've been going to college long enough. I should have enough credits to graduate in something. So that week I sat down, I went through all the classes I had. I added up all the credits. I had way more than enough credits for a bachelor's degree. I just had to figure out what bachelor's degree I had the most credits in so that I could be done because I was done. So I have a degree in Central and Eastern European Studies and I have a minor in German. These are not very useful degrees to have. <laughs> At the time, I thought I was going to go be a diplomat and live in Germany. That was kind of thought I'd go overseas, maybe live in Russia, be a spy, maybe. I had all these grand ideas. You know, if you're not going to go to medical school because you have a bunch of kids and a family, what makes you think you're going to be a diplomat? with a bunch of kids in a family. It wasn't a well thought out plan, but what I did do was I uh, decided, <clears throat> all right, I have enough credits in that. I'm gonna get my degree and be done, and I did. So I, so my daughter, um, 
two or three years ago. I don't remember exactly when it was. One of my daughters told me that she intended to go to medical school and be a surgeon. And she said, I'm going to do it because you never could. And I didn't take offense to that. I said, good, good. I hope you do. I hope I can lift you up higher than where I was. I hope I can help you be better, be more, be bigger than I was or than I am. I, I hope that you will do more. And I hope that for all of my kids. I also wanted to be an officer in the Air Force. And when I got my bachelor's degree, I went right on down to the Air Force recruiter and applied for officer training school in the Air Force. That was also a lifelong dream I had. I'd, I'd uh, thought about going into the Marines when I was in high school, and I went to the Marine recruiter in my high school. And that didn't go very well for me. <clears throat> um, he left all the paperwork at his hotel room and I had to go back and fill out the paperwork. And needless to say, I did not end up joining the Marine Corps. And um, I found out years later, actually, when I was um, working toward that officer training school appointment, I um, asked about this guy, just inquired with my recruiter and he looked into that and said that that guy had been in prison because he raped a bunch of high school girls. And I, you know, I cried a lot when I found that out because I thought if I had said something back in the 1980s, I probably could have saved a lot of girls from a lot of pain. But anyway, so <clears throat> being in the Air Force was also a goal that I had as I was when I was in college and or even younger in high school and college. <clears throat> I'm probably going to get a uh, little bit emotional throughout this pod today, and I apologize in advance. But anyway, I had I, one of my daughters is in the Air Force, and she's an officer, and she's and her husband both are doing quite well, far better, far more, far superior to anything I ever could have done. And I am so happy and so proud of them. I, every one of my kids, I would go through all eight of them, but you know, we only have so much time here and I want to talk about the Barbie movie, but every one of my eight children has done more, is better, is bigger, is so much more than I could have ever been. And I am so proud of them. And that's one of the lines that um, really got to me in that movie was um, that as mothers, we stand still so our daughters can continue forward and look back and see how far they could they've come. And so I hope that all of my children, not just my daughters, but I hope all of them, all eight of them can look back and see where they came from and be proud of how far they've gone, how much further they've gone than I did. Um, <laughs> one of the funniest lines in the movie um, that kind of took place during this little part about parenting was... Um, <laughs> The Barbie called Alan. He was Ken's friend, kind of Ken's weird friend, Alan. I did have an Alan doll. I liked Alan better than Ken. He seemed less threatening <laughs> to my Barbies. <laughs> anyway, Alan, um, at some point in the movie, oh no, it wasn't even Alan. It was a guy at the Mattel office, actually, <laughs> upstairs in the boardroom. One of the workers had to go to the boardroom and talk to the CEO and the CFO and he said, I'm a man with no power. Does that make me a woman? 
<laughs> you know, if only it were true that and we're not just men with no power, we're completely different beings, but I just thought that was funny. Anyway, um, so during the movie, um, the daughter says to the mom and to Barbie, she says, everyone hates women. Men hate women. Women hate women. That's the one thing we can agree on. And you know what? That's, if I could change one thing about, not just society, about the world, it would be that, you know, can't we all just get along? <laughs> For real though. Why, why do we have to hate each other? We're not, we're not competing against a limited supply of life. We are hopefully enhancing each other's lives. Um, <clears throat> there's so much, there's so much from that movie. Um, the thing is, um, so we're talking about transforming your life and having a paradigm shift and to really change your life, to change the world for your kids, you have to try. The first time I watched that movie, I got really disheartened because I thought there's so much to fight against. There's so much um, to struggle against, but that's not true. I don't have to struggle against everything. What I can do and what I want to do is to try. I want to try to make my corner of the world a little bit better. I say that to my yoga students. I hope I say it to my kids, maybe not enough. You have to try because you probably won't make things perfect, whether it's going to school, whether it's your personal life, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your job, whatever it is in your life, you might not be able to make it perfect, but you can make it better. So how are you going to make yourself just a little bit better? There's no perfect. That is the other thing about the Barbie movie. There's really no bar... We are all just ordinary Barbies. Some of us are thinner. Some of us are smarter. Some of us are prettier. Some of us are richer. Some of us are stronger. But we're all just ordinary people trying to live our lives. And we don't have to fall into that comparing ourselves to someone else. We don't have to fall into that trap of it is a trap. We have to be thinner, but not too thin. We have to be smarter, but not too smart. We have to be better, but not too good. Can we just do our best to make our part of the world a better place? To make ourself, yourself, myself, a better person? What could you do today to make yourself a better person? It's time to stand on your own, to stand tall and to decide who you are. Discover it, create it. Who do you wanna be? How do you wanna show up in the world? I always said I wanted to be a writer um, and I never wrote. I mean, I wrote poetry a little bit, but I never, I didn't, I felt like I needed someone to give me permission to be a writer. When I was in college, I took some writing classes, but I didn't, there was no, here, take these classes and then you are a writer. There was no class like that. Um, 
been in my 30s. I think when my little gunner was born, so 2003. I got a job, uh, answered a little tiny ad in the uh, Loveland, Loveland Daily Herald. I think that's what it was called. In Loveland, Colorado, there was a teeny little two-by-two two ad in the classified section. I don't even know how I saw it. Gunner was probably not even six months old, my little baby boy. <laughs> this ad said, uh, it was a help wanted ad, editor needed for a self-published book, uh, must have a science background and must be uh, have good grammar. Grammar. I have great grammar. And my um, associate's degree is in biology, um, genetics to be specific. I thought when I wanted to be a doctor, I'd be a geneticist. I, that fascinates me. So I answered the ad and I got the job helping someone edit their book. It was an okay book. It was a good book. Um, he was just a guy. He was an ordinary guy, just an ordinary Joe. <laughs> he was Larry. Larry had a book that he'd written and he was very passionate about his book. And for a summer, I helped him edit the book and we worked on it. Me and there was one other woman who was helping us. But what Larry did for me is, without even speaking about it, without um, talking about it, inherently, he gave me permission to be an author, to be a writer. Because I didn't need permission. I just needed to give myself permission. And one day I was working with him and I said, so what? How did you write a book? And he said, well, I just had an idea. And I sat down and wrote it. What? You just had an idea and you wrote it and now you're an author? I didn't realize it was that simple. So I wrote my first book probably within the first, a month after that conversation. It's time for you to discover who you are. How, how do you want to change the world? How do you want to impact the world? How do you want to make your corner a better place? You can't make it perfect. I mean, you can make it perfect for a moment. Yesterday, I went outside and sat in the sunshine. I took a shower and I was freezing from the air conditioner. So I went and sat outside and it was perfect. In that moment, the sunlight and the breeze, it was perfect. And I closed my eyes and I thought, this is perfect. And I just sat there and enjoyed it. Every moment is not going to be perfect. Every podcast is not going to be perfect. Every book or article I write, not perfect. Every yoga class I teach, every massage I do, they're not all going to be perfect. They're not all going to be great. You know, I want every client to have a great experience every time, but that's not necessarily always going to be the case. And, you know, my hair is never going to be perfect. My body, never going to be perfect. What do I do when I get to my goal weight? I set a new goal. And this morning I thought, what is the point of this? What are you trying to achieve? I just want to really be strong and healthy as I get older. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a perfect in mind. So think about your own life. You have to try. The only reason we fight the only reason we pick on other people or we criticize other people is because we don't know who we are. We're not confident. We're not comfortable. We're not secure in who we are. 
So out of that fear of not being enough, out of that fear of not being worthy, we lash out, we attack. So it's time for you to decide, what do you want? What do you really want? When I uh, I was doing a tarot class recently, uh, the astrology and psychology of the tarot, it was fascinating, great class. At the beginning of the class, she had us pull a card. And this card was to signify our upcoming year. So I did this class back at the beginning of July. And the card I pulled for the upcoming year from July to July is the Empress. And in Tarot, the Empress is the Divine Feminine. It's a card ruled by Venus. So Venus is the planet of love, pleasure, beauty. And the key phrase that I took away from the Empress card is, what do you want? It's about sitting in your fullness of giving and receiving, of giving of your gifts and receiving the gifts of the world, whether it's people or, you know, the sunshine and the cool breeze. You don't have to have an end point in mind. How about if you could just try to make it a little bit better? Um, one of the last things in the Barbie movie near the end, um, the character who was playing Ruth Handler, the inventor of the Barbie, she said, being a human can be pretty uncomfortable and then you die. And that's true. It is uncomfortable. <laughs> it's an uncomfortable life we live sometimes. And <clears throat> we're going to be dead. We are all heading for that same endpoint because we're all human. Well, unless we're aliens, in which case, don't just ignore that. <laughs> but we've all got something we're good at, something we have to offer. We've all got something to give. So today, thank you to the Barbie movie. It was beautiful. It was well done. It's not a kid movie like I thought. It's a movie about discovering what you are made for. What is your purpose? How are you going to make the world a little bit better place? I hope that this, um, hope that this brought you some things to think about today. It's given me a lot more to think about as I go through the rest of my day. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. Thank you for being here. I appreciate those of you who are sponsoring the show. You can um, find the little sponsor button at the end in the show notes. If you look, if you want, it's not a subscription. You don't ever have to subscribe to get uh, me, <laughs> my podcast or my blogs or my, um, my uh, YouTube videos. Just show up just like I'm going to just show up. If you want to sponsor, great. I love it. I, uh, I like to use that to buy my cup of coffee. Uh, actually, to be truthful, I also use it to buy stones, um, you know, like necklaces made out of, uh, I think this one's coral and I can't remember what all it is, but anyway, I appreciate you for being here, for listening. Um, if you like the episode, please feel free to share it. But my challenge for you this week is to discover what you want to do and how 
you'd like to make your corner of the world a little better place. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. It does my heart good, um, reading your comments, getting your texts and emails. Um, it just, it makes my heart happy, so thank you for that. I love you, and I am so glad you're here. I hope that you can discover how to make your world a little bit better this week. Namaste, my friends. Bye.